Welcome to BizBody, where your body is your business. I'm your host, Keith Shimon. Mentors can make all the difference. They share their experience in exchange for hard work, dedication, and feedback. Mentors need help to acquire, vet, test, and apply information. This process has been honed for over 25 years by my next guest, Pete Bomarito. I first met Pete in 2001 when he was my internship coordinator at the International Performance Institute. I ended up working with Pete for over five and a half years. Through that time, I had the honor of seeing how he surrounds himself with talented and committed people. He is the one that brings all those people together. He is the linchpin, his passion and energy that fuels the success that is Bomarito Performance. His energy and commitment to excellence is unrivaled and infectious. It is the reason my standards are so high to this day. Pete is extremely professionally malleable. Pete is a lifelong learner that focuses on how he can improve his system consistently. Pete reads, takes classes, presents, teaches, and he has one of the top performance coaching internships in the nation. He has one of the best NFL combine preps in the nation every single year. And he coaches around 100 to 200 NFL veterans every single year. While he still juggles his youth market, his NBA, Major League Baseball, NHL, tennis, and soccer divisions. Pete shares how to never underestimate the power of an extremely good mentorship and what it takes to give your all at that mentorship to be the best version of yourself. Pete shares his journey and his mentors and what it took to get exactly where he is today and where he views Bomberito performance going in the future. He also shares a little bit of where he is today. You're going to love this conversation with Pete Bomberito. Pete, you know, thanks for being on the show, man. Go way back. Um, actually, I don't know if anybody that knows my history knows that um, you were my internship coordinator and eventually my first real peer and um, my first boss, too, really, to be honest. So uh, I want to thank you for being on the show, man. And um, could you give people like a little bit of a background of a day in the life of what you experience and your position for your company for uh, what you all do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm the owner of Bomb Reader Performance Systems. These are training centers down in uh, South Florida. I have two right now, and I have uh, three affiliates across the country. Um, I'm an owner of Bomberito or Bomberito University, which is the educational arm of our system. Um, and we do everything from online training, live virtual training. We have uh, online systems available that's customized through our app. Um, we have a private access website, um, workshops, certifications, webinars, seminars, um, mentorships, the whole thing. And then we, you know, because of the shutdown, I actually had some additional time to find, you know, my third company going, which is Bomberito Licensing. And that's setting up, you know, formalized educational affiliates throughout the world. Um, I'm a professor at Nova Southeastern University 
um, where I, I teach, you know, biomechanics. I'm probably going to be getting into teaching strength and conditioning and different types of uh, exercise science uh, courses, you know, from what I understand. Um, and, you know, just kind of try to dabble in anything from, you know, training people, doing corporate wellness, training athletes of all ages, uh, and try to provide and spread as much education as we can. You know, we have some exciting research coming out of Nova. So not only am I a professor there, but I'm also on the board of directors for, um, you know, the, the department. And, you know, my main thing is just try to advise on technology and things of, of you know, what type of job skills somebody needs in exercise science and try to implement that when I teach like a biomechanics lab, whatever, and, and have student interns, volunteers, official internships, the whole thing. So we're trying to really get involved with not just, you know, implementing technology and job skills for people that have, uh, you know, strong resumes when they graduate, but, you know, groundbreaking research and uh, realms of sports and clinical biomechanics with a lot of my clients. So it's a good overall collaboration. You know, so I really try to get awesome. my hands in a lot of different things. Well, what have, what have you noticed, like, because, uh, I mean, one of the strong pieces of the program to bring professionals along was your internship process, especially it helps to, to have some of the big names that you worked so hard to get from the very beginning. I mean, just, just busted your butt continually to make sure that the facility was always full from, you know, where we started um, all the way till now. When you see people coming out of college, because now you have um, your hand in it, where do you feel like they need the most help? to become a better professional? I mean, I think, um, you know, the, the one thing that's lacking is, you know, what, what type of courses are they going to take in college is going to transfer to the field? And that's where I, you know, try to solve the issue from the inside out. That's why I get involved in universities and, you know, not only just teach the classes I teach and try to do guest lectures and get on the speaking circuit, and advise people when you have electives and things like that. I mean, an exercise science degree might, may not require high level math or advanced biomechanics and physics and, you know, things like that. But I was very fortunate that I took those things because I wanted to have a backup plan to do my MCAT and possibly go to med school if this didn't work out, which is a very unpredictable uh, profession I'm in, you know, so I did it to have backup plans, but it was the best thing I ever did because it gave me the knowledge to be able to do, I think, advanced training methodology based off physics. And math and physics is what dominates this industry right now. If you want to be very high level, especially work with elite and professional athletes. So, um, you know, that's one thing is just, just make sure that when you're, you're choosing your electives carefully, get as much mathematics advanced and, and physics as you can, whether it's required or not. You know, and the other thing is just make sure that you're well-rounded in terms of practical experience, you know, so everybody has to do an internship at the end, but is the internship going to be quality, meaning that you've went through the rounds and done some, you know, observation hours and at least non-formalized internships to make sure that at least you have your interest down to what you want to do, or at least in your top three of what you want to do. So you're not falling into an internship and then it's not at all what you want and you just kind of wasted all this great practical experience with something you're not even going to be able to get into or use. So I think it's just kind of a combination of all that stuff and just make sure you get involved in research, you know, whether you want to be a research practitioner or not, 
you know, if you understand research from the inside out and you want to be a practitioner, like a trainer or a strength coach, whoever, you know, it's good to be able to advance your methodology based on current literature. The best way to do that is get involved. So you know how to read it and, and interpret it correctly. So those are yeah. some key points. What about the, uh, I mean, besides having the same sense of humor and watching the same movies so you can quote stuff, um, <laughs> some things that uh, you think really helps with um, becoming a solid, like having a solid coaching style. Like I, I felt as though, or I noticed that um, I picked up a lot from you, but also early on with, you know, Lauren Seagrave and Andy Barnett, um, Jason Riley. And then eventually even coach Guandolo, like there's just these little pieces from each coaching style that really ramped up from that kind of amalgam of piece mailing different styles. What were some things that, that really helped you develop your coaching style? Well, I think it's just that. I think that, you know, early in my career, I wasn't worried about, you know, living where I want to live. I wasn't worried about how much money I made. I was worried about getting in front of the top people in each niche within the industry and learning as much as I possibly could. You know, I did my, I started as a college strength coach and I definitely learned that aggressive side of like division one football and high level baseball with guys that were getting drafted and even drafted in the first round and advanced high level basketball and volleyball. And I was very, very well-rounded with all sports at very advanced levels. You know, I know I wasn't at a major university, but Ball State at least gave me the, the opportunity to work with D1 sports and with a Division One strength coach that was that was aggressive and organized. You know, so not only did I look great, learn great methodology, I learned how to organize, not just organize a weight room, but organize your thought process in a weight room. How do you customize training in a group setting? How do you run groups efficiently? If you can do that according to NC2A protocols, you can run a business effectively. So it's yeah. not just about organizing people in and out. It's about maximizing the efficiency in a very, very limited amount of time because you're sanctioned with MC2A rules. If you had that same mentality in the private sector, you're, you have the same efficiency uh, personality like I do. I think that's what allows me to be successful. Or going into the NFL as an intern and learning about advanced nutrition and corrective exercise and how to really customize uh, a, a thought process to each individual client, you know, and, you know, how to quantify metabolic conditioning. And then I get to, you know, the speed training with, you know, Lauren Seagrave and everything that I've read from like, you know, Charlie Francis or uh, Ian King. And I go on and on and on. And then I, I, I have a opportunity to, to work with uh, and study under a lot of advanced powerlifters that came out of kind of the, the West side protocol. And then I, had opportunity to work with Esteban Bali with periodization. He introduced me to Charles Poliquin with the, the power of tempo. And then I get with, you know, Andy Barnett on not just Olympic lifting, but Olympic lifting partials, which I still use, you know, yeah. um, and then I can just continue to go on. And then I get into MAT and I get into RTS. And I mean, everything just keeps flowing and flowing and flowing before I, I look up and I realize I'm, you know, a good seven, eight years in the profession. And I hadn't found my niche yet. But one thing I did correctly is I traveled, I studied, and I worked under quality people. And there was some yeah. things that definitely influenced me from each individual that I studied under or worked alongside of. And before I know it, I kind of had my own methodology across the board. 
got a good support system around me from a medical and nutritional standpoint. And we just keep pushing each other to raise the bar across the board, you know, and if you look at even my, my forum on my private access website, you know, there's a lot of back and forth, but a lot of initiation is from myself or my staff or my physical therapist or my chiropractor or my MATRX therapist or, you know, my ART specialist. And everybody's contributing, asking questions, looking at literature, you know, challenging me on my protocols asking tough questions about why I'm doing what I'm doing and we just continue to make it better. You know, it's not like I have always guessed right, you know, exercise science is a lot of times uneducated guesses. So, you know, that's how I've developed my protocol. I just continue to, to evolve and continue to learn and read. And, and I developed my niche definitely because I committed to learning how many times people you know, I think go to the wrong school, take out way too much money and, you know, student loans. They have an exercise science degree and six figures of student loans and they panic and they, they have to choose a job or try to get into their own, running their own facilities way too soon. And yeah. they crash and burn because they've only studied under, you know, one person for a year and a half or something like that. And they're panicking, making money, panicking, making money. That's the worst thing somebody can do is, just you know hamstring themselves with these student loans they don't have an opportunity to travel and learn i mean a smart guy told me one time that it's going to be at least five or ten years from the time you get out of school to the time you figure out your niche if you don't commit to a five ten year plan where you're not worried about where you live what you're doing all you're worried about is who you're working under who you're working with if you commit to that you'll be a success now i heard that after i did my eight-year plan and it's interestingly enough that I feel that that statement's true of why I became a success and everybody I know that is successful followed a similar format and the ones I know that are kind of frustratingly failing it's because they rushed it and they rushed it because of you know maybe they had then they had to support whatever but you know they uh, most of the time it's because they panic because the student loans just are, are, are too much and they got yeah, choices make money fast. So they panic, but you know, they might make a little bit more money than they would if they just weren't worked under a, a competent, intelligent, successful person, but then they flatten out and before long, yeah. then they get frustrated because they're just not evolving, you know, as a professional or financially. And that's the thing. I think, I think that people should not be so concerned about, where they go to school they should be concerned about how they're managing their finances when they're in school so they're not bombarding themselves with student loans i mean i can't remember the last time i hired somebody and really cared about where they went to college i'm more interested in how well-rounded they were and how aggressive they were to learn outside the classroom you gotta have the basics you have to have the basics of anatomy physiology physics math there's no question but I don't really think there's that big of a difference between staying in the state that you grew up in to be intelligent and not kill yourself with student loans versus going outside to a private school and just killing yourself, you know, with the student loans and stuff. So I think there's a lot to be said for that. You know, people have to really, 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 when they're young, be smart about their future. You mentioned something that I thought was, you know, one of your superpowers is the, uh, ability to organize and bring people together, especially um, convincing people that um, 
working together is is so much more important than um, their individual input. It's it's the whole that's going to matter, and it's it's prevalent in your facility. Was the only place where the type of unity within the medical staff, the training staff, and the nutrition staff was melded as seamless as it can get. I mean, granted, I think you pulled your hair out um, almost every day during combine prep to, to make that happen and to make it seem as seamless as, as it is because it seems to get, um, it, it seems to be a larger process every time and it and with more moving pieces but yet you somehow managed to keep that together can you talk a little bit about um the different pieces of that uh that training medical nutrition system that you put together for for your athletes because it's pretty impressive yeah for sure i mean i learned a long time ago from the man the man himself john Treen, indianapolis colts and i went there i was blown away and that's what he one thing he said he's like you know matter what everybody's got to respect each other's overlap. I'll never forget that. Like strength and conditioning and athletic training and chiropractors and physical therapists and, uh, you know, team physicians and football coaches. And I mean, you go on and on, you know, everybody's going to have a skill set that overlaps into their profession. No overlaps are not only necessary, they're, they're, they're absolutely essential to success. And a lot of people combat the overlap. Like, you know, a good example is physical therapists and chiropractors. They clearly overlap. And the bad ones, I think, the, the limited successful ones or the immature ones will fight the overlap. You know, I do this, they do that. I can do this better. You know, I can do anything they can do. And, you know, they have to understand they have their own specialty that's unique. They're clearly going to overlap if you respect the overlap that, okay, here's what physical therapists and chiropractors can both do, but PT specialize in that and power specialize in that. And same thing with, uh, you know, a uh, uh, strength conditioning coach. It's frustrating sometimes to hear performance coaches get upset that athletic trainers are going into their territory or a physical therapist is upset the strength conditioning coach is starting to get medically trained. You know, there, there has to be an overlap. You know, like I didn't take muscle activation technique certification because I have the burning desire to treat people on a table all day long. I took it to become better (laughs) to overlap it. That's my passion. When I read an MAT report, I need to be able to read it and interpret it quickly and modify my training protocols accordingly. That's why I took it. So if you have an MAT therapist that would look at that and be like, well, you know, he's, he's indulging into my territory, you know, then it's going to fall apart. But if they respect the reason why I got medically trained in that discipline, because I want to modify my training accordingly. You know, that's the back and forth. So I'm in utopia because I own the company and I brought in people that own companies. The only people I bring to the table are the ones that are going to get along or they're not going to be on the medical team. So it wasn't like I guessed right to begin with. I went through a lot of trial and error, but now we have the system of looking around between all of the 14 different medical disciplines that we have not only are they all, in my opinion, the best in the industry with their chosen profession, they overlap well communication and respect each other's discipline. And nobody really has an ego. And when you have that, you're going to put it all together. And then when you add in, I have three levels of performance chefs. I have, you know, an in-house person that like literally cold presses juices and makes ready to order smoothies on site. I have a chef on site. I have 
an entire nutrient timing line. You know, we finally got it all together where everybody's going to kind of come together, whether it's the communication between the chef and the PT and the Cairo and the nutrient timing specialist. I mean, every single thing has to fit. And we worked hard not only to have a medical entity, we have a recovery, a regeneration, you know, and, and everything fits and rotates. So, and it's not just for like a specialized advanced program like NFL draft prep, where they're there all day and they have to have that stuff. It's even for our young kids. Young kids have to learn how to hydrate and supplement and prep and recover and regenerate. I mean, they're athletes like everybody else. They play sports. They need to learn how to sleep and and uh, and nap and recover properly. So, if everybody had kind of has the same uh, unified belief system, then it's going to be better for the clients, whether it's corporate wellness or more athletic performance. You know, See, but I like, the same I, time, I like how humble you are with that, though. You're humble in that because I feel and I notice that you're the linchpin. And a majority of those times, it holds that whole team together. So I'm, I'm really impressed with that. Yeah, for sure. No question. I mean, um, I think I kind of have to hold it together. I mean, I'm, I'm the one that, that kind of brought everybody into my systems. I mean, like I said, everybody, everybody has their own. Can you still hear me? Yes, I hear you. Everybody has their own company. Everybody has their own company, even outside my facilities. But when you put that, that affiliate inside my facility, you have your force PT and your therapeutics and your Sype or Padavid chiropractic and your, you know, Florida girl, you know, juice bar and all that. You have all your stuff outside of mine. But when you come together, it's the Bomberito medical team and everybody has their own niche. And you're right. I kind of put it all together in that way. In that That's cool. Yeah. So, so like with, with that being a part of this, right. Can you can you tell me can you, can you tell the audience a little bit of what the what the prep started out like just how how much you work and how hard you work in order to get athletes in the door and then once they're in the door there comes the, the entire part of making sure that they're serviced and that the um, not only are they serviced but but they the results are also spoken to so the expectations are then met. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, it's, I think people are a little surprised that if you look around my staff right now, I have no fewer than six people right now, six people that their entire job is social media. Now they have other things to do as well, but you know, that's just, and we're talking organizing social media, not even really necessarily coming up with posts, but just organizing like incoming messages, you know, or, how to organize and facilitate our recruiting efforts. So, you know, you got to be aggressive. I mean, social media is, is uh, you know, the way of the world now. And the social media is probably the best invention that's ever happened in this profession because we can quantify our marketing efforts. We're back in the day. You remember how we used to do just yes. hires. It's not anymore. Facebook's the greatest thing that's ever happened to this profession because there's no guesswork. It's now an, a back-end algorithm and a mathematical precision about reaching the people you want to reach. I don't care if you're a trainer, a, uh, you know, a plumber, uh, uh, home improvement specialist, whatever you do, you know, 
social media has allowed you to quantify your marketing efforts. So it's brilliant. So yeah, I'm a big, big, big believer. I mean, one of the most influential people I've ever seen, met, and listened to is, is Gary Vaynerchuk. A lot of people are surprised by that, but he literally, he's probably been my biggest influence, I'd say, over the last five years in any aspect of anything. Just of, you know, I, I took really one seminar and I was sold. And I read more and I listen to more and I listen to those podcasts. It just blows me away. And since, ever since then, my approach to social media has not even done a full one stories and posts of building organic reach but you know just understanding that that i have a product that people want but it's a complex product that maybe people don't understand and i also have to get my product in front of people that want to see it and social media and the power that's phenomenal so that's how we get people through the door if i want to train an athlete i'm going to go after them as simple as that so I do like working with pro athletes. I do uh, like being aggressive with recruiting them. We recruit them all, football, baseball, soccer, hockey, basketball, you name it. You know, obviously, we're very successful in NFL and just keep spreading. So what's, uh, what's your day like now, Pete? What's that? So what's your day like now, Pete, since um, before – I mean, you were like a majority of people, you know, like say, um, these would have been 13 years ago where, you know, you start at uh, the crack of dawn and you, and you coach and you coach and you coach and you coach and you're finally done and it's, and it's dark outside. What's, uh, what's the day look like now for you? I mean, same kind of thing. I mean, right now, obviously we're in the meat of our busy season, so um, and we still have major league baseball players still here. I mean, baseball's just starting back up again. Um, so we're kind of in the final prep phase with them, you know, hockey and basketball is just starting back up again. from the final prep phase with them, which. This is where all the baseball players are in season. And this is the time we're starting to ramp up the recruiting of hockey and basketball, but we're just <laughs> now coming out almost like a final prep phase of, of hockey basketball because we're starting their season, you know, next week. Um, but we're definitely in the meat of what you call NFL offseason like we always do. Yeah, It's just a lot more guys, you know. So, And they've been here nonstop. I mean, there, there is no more OTAs or any of that stuff. So these guys have been with us nonstop the entire offseason. But now that everybody has a confidence that the season's going to start, I mean, we have a, a – a, we have a lot of players in. We just, the only difference now is we have to spread them out and we're going to be safe. We're going to be social distancing. We're going to run small groups. We just run a lot more groups and spread them out. So we started yeah. 6 a.m. and I probably got off the field, I don't know, an hour ago. What is it, 8.30 p.m. now? So, and that was just NFL and Major League Baseball. In addition to, we're running our grade school, middle school, high school, collegiate performance our zone six group uh, fitness training, our personal training. You know, I don't do a lot of that, but I just help organize, facilitate. I have staff that, that kind of eats fits, fits each unique niche. Plus, we're still filming all of our live virtual stuff. Plus, we have, you know, weekly meetings about our online client. Uh, we have an upcoming workshop, an upcoming certification, an upcoming mentorship. I'm getting ready to... to, to you know, meeting with Noba 
to discuss how we're going to make the changes for the fall curriculum. You know, I'm teaching three classes this fall. Um, you know, so I just kind of plan out my day. You know, obviously I got to get on the field and grind, you know, but yeah. I try to take a break every three hours, spend five, 10, 15 minutes on the phone with, Hey, okay, now we're going to have our, our meeting about our online program clients. Now we're going to have a meeting about programming for our middle school. Okay. Let's have a seminar of, with the whole staff involved about, you know, what the governor has released in terms of the new mandates for Dade County gyms, you know, just little things like that. I mean, the, the biggest change we've had right now is we try to have a two times a week meeting, just looking at the CDC guidelines, making sure we're following them, looking at any new signs you have to put up, um, you know, the ordering processes of just the jaws disinfectant alone. I mean, that's, that's a meeting. We're, we're trying to do our best to make sure people are healthy in training, but making sure yeah. people are safe, you know. So that was my day today, about 13, 14 straight hours. I probably trained eight and sprinkled in meetings here and there. And you getting a chance I, to work out too? Um, yeah. I mean, I, I actually went and saw, you know, one of my doctors. Um, I, I try to keep myself healthy. I got – Good IV nutrient recovery. I did a speed session with my guys at two o'clock. Um, that's what's good about the NFL is that two o'clock session is not very popular. And I have a rule: if you show up at two o'clock and it's in a hundred and twenty degree heat, and <laughs> I'm running with you guys. So some, some of those guys kind of like it. So it forces me to get out and do my speed training three, four times a week and try to stay in shape. And you know, so I didn't get my lift. Um, you said that the next frontier for you guys is uh, licensing. Is that what you're what you're getting into? Yeah, we have two right now. Um, we we started out small because I just wanted to make sure that from an organizational standpoint it would work. Mm -hmm. It's more of a specialty license, just licensing out NFL specifically. I we just we have two affiliates right now, one in Texas, one for um, specifically for NFL draft preparation. Cool. And I just wanted to make sure that if we do that it would work and it would work um, from an organizational standpoint, what we provide from a, from a programming aspect. And now they know that it works, we're going to go out to California and eventually what I want to license. And that's what we've, we've been organizing now and, and facilitating for the last two years is I really want my two models, middle school sports performance on the reverse periodization model and high school sports performance on the ice pyramid periodization model that we've uh, developed. Mm -hmm. And I think that you look at almost any gym, whether it's a small specialty gym, like a membership based gym or a large chain um, that just is, is their primary aspect is selling, you know, memberships every month, you know, um, that's not program based or a fitness center or even a, middle school or high school or you know a gymnasium i mean anything rec centers i think that there's a definitely a, a, a profit center for sports performance at the middle school high school levels and it's not just for it's it's absolutely essential for people playing sports but also just regular people you know just redefining middle school and what they should do for physical education and how you need to train people properly through growth spurts. That's a big, big part of what I learned under Isavan Bali. And I've kind of had the mindset that I want to take that science and make it for everybody. Now that we've kind of, I hate to use the word perfected, but we definitely, you know, came close to it or advanced it enough that 
not only is it a, a great model for kids to do, it's fun and it's uh, engaging and kids want to do it. And we've made it affordable for most parents to, to be able to, to cycle kids through. And as I said, the key word is customized in a group setting, yeah. not customized to your sport or your position, but customized to your developmental growth cycle. And I think the model works and it's definitely a profit center that you can pluck in any gym in the country or the world. And most gyms, especially now, are starving for those extra profit centers. Like, okay, here's my gym. What's my number one profit? You know, monthly memberships. What's number two? Personal training. What's number three? If you have like a middle school, high school sports performance arm, that's number three, number four You want in your profit center. You just smacked on a half million dollars a year in revenue and you didn't change anything except for maybe a few thousand dollars investment in equipment. And if you're in the right city, just a partnership with a field or something or building a track out back. So even if there's not a movement side to it, just the, the cardiovascular energy system development and the strength and power training and weightlifting uh, side of it is enough that the kids need it, it's necessary, and most importantly, it's a great center. Yeah. So I'm licensing a system. I don't want to get into franchising a building. I don't think, I think you go to exist fitness centers that are self-standing add an additional profit center onto it. So my ultimate goal has always been the transition between reverse periodization and ice pyramid system. You know, right when you hit peak height velocity, I think it's the most misunderstood aspect of training in the country. I think it's the most needed and fortunate to study under a lot of people. And definitely, uh, I think that I've taken the literature and the research that's out there that's not prevalent in this country and organize it into a system that strength and conditioning coaches and personal trainers and fit and group X fitness instructors can learn, adapt, and implement. Yeah. And that's where I want to go with this thing. I don't want to expand. I don't want to franchise. I want to just take my education and now license it. Mm. You know, not just license my name, but license my educational side yeah. to be able to teach people not only how to do it, but how to run a business out of it. And that's where I want to go. Yeah, Esteban's stuff is 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 amazing, and you know, I know that when when we were working with kids uh, 10, 13 years ago, that it was a game changer for how we how we were able to check out how their growth spurts were influencing how they trained and when they trained. So I, I can only imagine that uh, that that decade of progress has really has really turned out something awesome for you. So I'm, I'm excited. Well, it's just a matter of, yeah, it's just a matter of can you be organized enough to do these types of evaluations and testing and retesting and get people to commit to it. It's one thing to train. It's another thing to adapt to not only uh, the, the, the training progress, but the growth spurt. Yeah. And that's really what's needed. You know, and I don't care if you're just wanting to be a speed specialist or you want to be a position coach guru or whatever. And there's a lot out there. I mean, that's the main thing with people who act young kids for you look at grade school, middle school, and you have a hitting instructor and a pitching instructor and a wide receiver coach and a DB specialist, and a footwork specialist and catching specialist and basketball shooting specialist. And there's all these specialists, but they're doing a lot of things that's movement training based. And if you're going to do movement training base, you got to learn how to be strong enough to decelerate into the movement patterns. And I think that anybody can take this model and implement it within their system, you know, and that's, that's what the key point is. It's not necessarily just 
hey, I am now certified as a strength coach. It's, I have all of the necessary certifications that know that I'm educated, uh, you know, from the, uh, you know, educational institution, yeah. you know, like, like a college degree and a, you know, basic form of an, a NASM or a NSCA or whatever certification, I got the base knowledge, but now I'm going to have like a certification in something that is specific to my niche. You know, nobody has a certification in training middle school athletes through growth spurts <laughs> and bringing that into the forefront. Yeah, man. So most, I think most people have no process for, for that at all. And most people in, in training and strength coach, when they just do what the people before them did rather than, rather than go out and really put together the research. And that's what made a lot of the stuff that, that when I was around you, so groundbreaking is that like push the envelope to figure that stuff out. I mean, the amount of research and reading that was necessary to keep up with the pace of changing creation when we first started working together was insane. And I, I mean, I still keep that pace up and I can only, like I said before, imagine that, I mean, just think when somebody comes out of school and wants to actually start working with kids, at least having any idea of what it really means to monitor the right things and ask the right questions. Yeah, yeah. That's really cool. Well, I'll tell you what, I mean, it's, it's definitely, um, I look at it like it's not really people's fault. I mean, I still have parents that come in and say, you know, I, I'm not sure if my kids should lift weights here because uh, it'll stunt their growth. Yeah. It's not their fault. They're just badly misinformed. I mean, sometimes I don't even know where they get this stuff from, but yeah. Um, there's just a lot of disinformation out there about what young kids can do. And when you say lifting weights, it doesn't mean you're going to take an 11 year old, put a barnet back and, and see how much he can squat within an eight week cycle. But if they're doing a body weight exercise, they're lifting the weight of their body, you know, yeah. and if a kid's old enough to play sports, he's old enough to train and understand how to control his body correctly, you know, and as long as you make it fun and engaging for young kids that have no idea what type of adaptation they're doing. Um, you can still be scientific with it. You know, there's gotta be a perfect blend of making it engaging for young kids, but at the same time, making it scientific enough that it's appropriate to their developmental growth cycle. And some that's ways that you really found it to be like is. engaging for you guys. Well, it's just a lot of competition and contest. I mean, you got to have it a fun, competitive environment because that's what kids want. Yeah. But you can't leave the challenge kids behind. Mm. You know, it's it's. I have parents come up to me and, and tell me that their kids doesn't even play sports. I had one parent actually question me just last week. Questioned me about you have all these parents in here that has kids in your program paying you all this money per month, and her kid doesn't even play sports. I said, don't you feel guilty about that? I said, guilty about what? I'm not trying to sell every parent that comes through here on a pipe dream of a college scholarship. That's not what I'm doing. You know, we're teaching accountability, responsibility, goal setting, achievement. And those are life skills. The same way why I think parents should uh, push their kids into sports, not because they're going to play it professionally or obtain a college scholarship, what do you learn in sports when you're in middle school? Accountability, responsibility, goal setting, achievement, and and life skills. Yeah. That's what you obtain when you play things like sports. And some parents are like, listen, the bomberito training is my kids' sport. It's the only thing they've ever done physical activity related that they like. And I'd rather spend my money on this than video games and all the other stuff they were into. Because yeah. every time they try to play sports, they're just not good. 
and South Florida is so cutthroat with travel this travelers. There's no basic league. So well, what about the risk? A lot of the kids just get frustrated with physical activity and, and give up. Yeah. But we allow them to get into a fun, competitive environment, but progress at their own level. Nice. And that's what's the key. And when you look at that of just, okay, we're going to do, uh, you know, the reverse periodization model. You're on this tempo, tempo and rep. You're on this tempo and rep. It gets competitive with who can hold the tempo correctly and who can do the most on a reverse periodization timeline. And we post charts and progress. And hmm. it gets to be a fun thing, almost like why kids play sports. They're very visual, you know. Hmm. And, and if you organize it like that, you engage kids. And some of the most aggressive like testers that want to see progress in their speed, agility, and power. The same kids don't even play sports. The testing is their sport. Who cares if they're not going to get a college scholarship? That's not what this is about. It's about teaching kids life skills. And that's why I think that not only the model is going to work for sports performance, the model is going to eventually work for every kid in middle school and how we attack physical education in this country, you know? enough for the kickball games and burpees. I mean, we need to teach kids how to train effectively. So when they go through developmental growth cycle, they're not the same era, but we see now everybody that's between the age of 25 and 35 knee pain and plantar fasciitis and low back pain because their bodies were wrecked when they hit their growth spurt and they weren't trained correctly through the growth spurt. So not only is it going to help sports performance, it's going to do, I think a massive job at, drastically improving healthcare by reducing the need for it because people are a lot healthier if they train correctly. Yeah. So I really want to set a, a, a groundbreaking landmark vision of what we do when people grow and puberty is the most challenging thing to do. And there's still a lot of parents that just believe you shouldn't do anything and doing nothing is bad. Training incorrectly is bad. They're both bad. Why not just learn how to train correctly? And that's kind of where I'm coming from with this. Well, that's, that's phenomenal. I, I, like I, the thing I think about the most, you know, having kids, um, a nine-year-old now and 13-year-old, crazy. And you have kids. You, you see what people go through for gym class and how it literally, you know, I think gym first started out as, you know, physical education in a way that was very good where people, you know, learned about training. And then they implemented stuff and maybe played sports, but they were primarily like climbing apparatuses and doing rings and maybe actually gymnastics, right, of some sorts. And now it just seems as though it feeds into this same idea of everyone gets a trophy, you know, everyone just show up and you're going to be okay instead of, hey, you know, let's, let's work on a competitive nature where, you know, the only thing that there is to lose is maybe not hitting uh, your numbers, you know, because it's really the competition primarily with yourself and then seeing exactly how you fit with other people and knowing exactly how to treat your body. And there's a lot of people that have no idea in this country how to even go about thinking of what's healthy for their body or how to train. They just beat the crap out of themselves or they punish themselves or they do nothing. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree. I really do agree. I think there's a... Uh, it's exciting times now in the realms of exercise science and sports biomechanics. It's exciting times. And, uh, you know, where we're going to be in 10 years, I can't even imagine with the research that's coming out now in the literature and even a lot of the stuff that we're involved with down here at Nova. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's exciting times and we're definitely 
going through a changing in the guard. I mean, people keep saying physical education is dead in middle school and they're cutting back in this and cutting back on that. I just look at it differently. I look at it as just, okay, if, if they want to cut back the curriculum from the uh, you know governmental educational processes, there's more of an opportunity to get into spending the time to do it right. And if it's in the private sector, so be it. If the private sector has to eventually influence the governmental educational arms, then that's where we're going to go with it. You know, but there's opportunity right now. There's a, there's a massive, massive opportunity to completely change the way people think. I mean, and, it's something that you want to build for your own children. Yeah, no question. I mean, I look at, you know, I, I remember having a conversation with my dad about my, my son going to summer camp right now. And he's five. And what we spend on this, and I, I'm like, I'm almost embarrassed to tell you what we spend on this camp. I'm almost embarrassed. I mean, just you probably take every single sports league I, I played in my entire life, and it's probably less expensive than a four-week camp we sent them to. But watching the engagement, you know, we sent him to an advanced camp because I want him to engage. I mean, I'm playing basketball with him every single night. And he went to the camp two days and came back better than my months of basketball development. It's, <laughs> it's just about somebody that's not daddy engaging with him. And I don't care if he becomes great at basketball. The fact that he's enjoying it yeah. and uh, – understanding accountability responsibility he's setting goals and he's making achievements is great and parents think like i think can i afford it no am i making myself afford it because i think it's important to his development not from a basketball perspective but just from a life skills perspective no question mm -hmm. and he's learning at doing other sports too and he's getting more engaged and well-rounded and they're learning how to dance and they're learning how to like you said tumble they're learning how to do, you know, he, he draws me a picture every day. I mean, I can go on and on about how great this camp is, but That's awesome. just watching him evolve in things and start to gain key interest and stuff. You know, parents will pay for their kid to understand accountability, responsibility, and eventually set goals and understand the power of achievement. And that's where I think we're going with this. You know, it's not just about sports performance, getting you better at playing football. It's about teaching kids life skills. And if we continue to push that envelope, not only are we going to get the compliance, it's going to open up a whole new realm of business opportunities for tons of trainers that need it. You know, and I think that's the exciting part of it. I think that's, that is really exciting. And not only that, it's really cool that your son gets an opportunity to see his father lead by example. I think that's really cool too. And that's, that's something that a lot of other parents don't take notice is that, kids are watching the kids are always watching our choices and how we parent and how we interact because all those things come back later. I mean, how many times have you said something and all of a sudden you realize it's something your dad said, you know, and you're like, yeah. Oh man, I, I, is that good? <laughs> well, we hope I pray every night. I pray every night I'm doing the right thing. I keep thinking maybe I'm the, the workaholic parent, but I pray that, that I'm leaving at least something we're going to land on. You know, from, from learning from the people that you respect and, and that you want to emulate, um, that, that goes hand in hand. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I just kind of take that approach with everything, whether it's, uh, you know, coaching some of the best, most famous athletes in the world like I did for eight hours today or just going into my curriculum or my next certification course or, 
the next exercise sequence we're going to put on my private website. We just try to attack it relentlessly, make it organized, make it have a purpose. Everything's got to have a purpose. Everything we're doing right now is having a purpose. And whether it's a social media post that's educating, a post that's done for motivation, or as I said, just putting together any part of my companies, I'm trying to you know, spread my time wisely of which company I'm going to focus on now and how much time I'm going to spend with my family and when are my family nights, when are my late work nights and just try to have a, a achieve a perfect balance, yeah. you know, the best balance we can, man. Totally. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to let you get back to your family, but where can people find the training side, the university side and anything else you got going on? Yeah, we try to consolidate it all on the one website to make it simple. It's bomberitoperformance.com. So B-O-M-M-A-R-I-T-O, bomberitoperformance.com. Um, and when you go to the bomberitoperformance.com website, we have Bomberito University arm. Um, when you go there, you'll, you'll see the online programming, the customized app, the website, the workshops, mentorship certifications. And, you know, we're building out the, the side for the licensing as well. You know, we have a, a lot of requests right now. So once we officially launch it later this year with uh, the protocols and all that, that'll be a part of it as well. So the easiest way to find us is, is through the website. And it's got all the different aspects kind of built out around it. Cool. Really cool, man. Well, again, I'm going to let you uh, enjoy your family, man. Thanks for spending the time with me. And uh, I won't be such a stranger and catch up a little more frequently. Okay, man? Oh, it's been fun. I appreciate you having me on. Have a good one, man. All right, too. Thank you for listening to BizBody. Check out more at bizbody.net. Please rate and review this podcast and share it with whoever you think it will help. Next week, we have the head strength coach of the Anaheim Angels, Lee Fiocchi. Until then, 